Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Now to Trey Betty, brought to you by Asher Record Service. 501-562-2293. Family owned and operated since 1980. Asher Record, dependable towing and vehicle recovery service. Ask for Asher. That means Trey Biddy's on with us. It's Fitz Hill and Rick Schaefer. Randy Rainwater's out tonight. So, Trey, you have you've already had two opportunities with Sam Pittman today. Did you yeah. learn anything that you didn't know before today? <laughs> Probably not, to be honest mm. with you. Just got a few wow. more quotes for the uh, for the uh, for the stories leading up to game days. But yeah. no, I wouldn't say there was anything significant that we. You know, that we learned today. Oh, well, Sam Pittman wrestled in the fifth grade and uh, was beaten by a sixth grader at the Gary Invitational um, wow. due to the riding rule, so um, the riding time. So um, yeah. that's. You grew that's, up in Oklahoma. It's a big wrestling yeah. state. Yeah. That's, that's right. about it. That's about it. That's so. all you learned. Okay, so you got some good quotes. So what, what was the best quote of the day? That, uh, that well, it's hard to beat iced tea and liquor. Um, you probably. Used it again? No, I said it's hard to beat that, but okay, he, he yeah. was – I mean, everybody's talking. It's like so overblown already, you know. Um, but he he was asked about it on the teleconference and, you know, talked about the LSU game last year where they went cover zero, and he said they were bringing uh, a whole nother level. They were bringing moonshine <laughs> to the party. So, um, yeah, it's – you know, it's – it's everywhere. I, I was doing, you know, a deal with CBS today, and they were just like, "Hey, you know, let's talk about the moonshine or the uh, the liquor and, and iced tea." And I was like, "Yeah, okay." But uh, yeah, I mean, it's there's like we've been waiting, you know, forever for this past month, and now this this week is is just dragging out forever. And it's you know Wednesday, Sam Pittman will talk again today at the at the Catfish Hole for yeah. uh, Sam Pittman Live, so that'll be his third time to talk and that'll be the last time that anybody talks to him aside from some pregame stuff most likely unless he you know pops up on fine bomb or something like that but i would imagine uh his media tour will be done and the next thing that you know we have any of any substance will be talking about the game afterwards so um i'm really looking forward to that because it feels like we've been breaking down this cincinnati game forever i've been Watching all the videos I can, watching the stuff from the Cincinnati official website, the quarterbacks mic'd up, um, you know, listening to podcasts from reporters in Cincinnati, listening to radio shows, just everything I can do to absorb, you know, everything I can about Cincinnati. And, you know, what you gather is, yeah, they, they return five starters on the offensive line, but they've actually got some, you know, some competition at one spot and, uh, they've got. They've moved another guy, a right tackle, inside to right guard. They've got a former walk-on at right tackle who's who's earned that job. They've got another guy that's been a little bit banged up, so he's, you know, that's probably a reason for some of the shuffling. Um, and then that quarterback battle, you know, that's that's a big question: who is going to be the quarterback, and you know, who's going to be the top wide receiver? They really return, you know, their second and third wide receiver. Uh, you know, their second and third running backs. They've got some stars to replace, so who's who's going to emerge for them? And, um, you know, how multiple is Arkansas going to be on defense? There's just so many questions uh, that I could go on forever. You know, I had to, I was writing an article on, uh, you know, just kind of previewing the Cincinnati offense versus Arkansas defense, and then Curtis Wilkerson does the other one, you know, where it's, um, it's Cincinnati defense versus Arkansas offense. We kind of, you know, and, and I'm just like reading my article, and I'm like, okay, I'm at – how many how many thousand words is this? People aren't going to read this whole thing. I've got to figure out a way to trim it up, just because there's 
so much information out there. And, uh, you know, I, I guess I'm ready to get into it for the season and, and really start, you know, kind of scrambling for information, trying to find some information. It just feels like everything is out there that we're going to know at this point, except for the unknowns. And there's just there's just no way to know the unknowns. And, you know, I thought Luke Fickle made a great point in his press conference just about, you know, you don't get any preseason game. There's no there's no joint practice. You don't get a chance to really test anything out, and um, you gotta you gotta figure out a lot and get in in week one. Wouldn't that be weird to have a joint practice? Like, you know, the the Rams and the and the uh, Bengals had a joint practice after playing each other in the Super Bowl. I, that just yeah. doesn't make any sense to me. Are you sure? It didn't. Do it? Well, it wasn't a good idea. Oh, no, it wasn't. <laughs> they fought. In the, they fought in the scrimmage. And then they were nice to yeah. each other in the game. So, although none of their. If you were going to do something like that, I would think maybe two teams on maybe different levels or something, or I don't know, yeah. maybe like you did in Arkansas, Arkansas State or something like that, or maybe two teams that just are, you know, extremely unlikely to play one another, um, you know, like, uh, you know, maybe somebody across the country, but then you got to travel a whole team down. I don't know if that's worth it. No, so not, for, it's, not for a scrimmage. I, I, yeah, I still think the best deal is play a spring game with somebody. I, I, I wish somebody would even – I have never heard that even under discussion, and I don't yeah. get it. You know, you're looking to make some money. Okay, if you're some of your freshmen are on campus, great. You play. It doesn't count your next year's record. I, I just, I've never. But that's a spring that game. Yeah, that's right. a spring well, I know, game. I mean, that's, that's still not help you in the preseason. I get it, but yeah. but still. you know, Arkansas. I, I thought Pittman made a good point today, and I can't even remember which press conference or teleconference it was. But you know, he Arkansas has not started off very well when they've had a long layover on offense you know the the georgia game was very tight now that's georgia uh, so that's probably part of it there and it was Pittman's first game Um, but last year you know we talked about that a lot it was 10-7 at halftime in favor of rice and arkansas 17 to 7 in the third quarter don't forget yeah they were down by 10 yeah yeah absolutely and uh, they raced back obviously and that had a lot of penalties and you know some issues like that um, the, the Outback Bowl wasn't a great start offensively no. either. You know, they had a long period there. So, you know, that's something that they've kind of talked about too is like getting off to a, a better start than they've had in some of these long layover games. Well, now Quinn was on with us. Uh, we get him every Wednesday for an hour, and he was talking about Cincinnati's offense and pointed out they've got two guys that supposedly, you have to say supposedly, have run 4-2-9 in the 40. What kind of problems does that uh, give to Arkansas secondary? Well, that's fast. <laughs> yeah, that's real fast. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, just hearing that, Ladarius Bishop might be the only guy that can can keep up with them. So um, we'll see. You know, I think that Arkansas has to obviously cause a lot of problems with, you know, and Pittman made a great point about this too. Uh, you know, I say he didn't say much, but, he, you know, he did say some things and, you know, Getting pressure on the quarterback obviously is going to disrupt everything, and he doesn't know 100% right now if they have one of the defensive ends where it's like you know the opposing coach is like we got to double this guy we go yeah. you know we always got to be aware of this guy. They don't know that they had that, but what he does feel is they've got guys that can get pressure up the middle, and when you can get pressure up the middle and you can push it back, of course that's tough. They got a you know, veteran at center, you know. Um, but if you can get some pressure up front and push that pocket back, then that's going to cause the quarterback to get outside, and then maybe you run into a defensive end there. But, you know, it's it's you can't let anybody just sit back. Uh, if you can get pressure on the quarterback, then you can definitely mitigate, 
you know, sub four three forty right. times. I would I would love to see those, you know, at an NFL combine or something. But that's um, when we need to see it. We don't need to see yeah. it Saturday. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But if you can disrupt the quarterback, then, you know, hopefully you can mitigate the 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 electric speed that they that they have at wide receiver. But uh, yeah, they return. I mean, three receivers that are back are you know have have some good experience, especially two of them. Uh, they obviously lost the the top wide receiver, uh, but they've got some you know quite a bit of inexperience after that, and they, and they returned two quality tight ends. You know, uh, one of them actually yes. led them in in catches uh, in 2020. He had 28 catches. That was a short season, obviously, uh, but they've got you know both quality tight ends back, and uh, and that offensive line, and you know some promising guys, um, but still still some question marks at quarterback. Okay, well, we have a question mark for Trey Biddy from John and Benton. Hi, John. Thanks for calling. Howdy, fellas. Uh, hey, Trey. Does, when these colleges are recruiting these kids, do they have to – is there something they're looking at, the reason they would even go to the school, or they just thought uh, these are top schools playing this week? Let's go here. What do you mean? Yeah. You talking about for visits? Like, yeah, you know, no, no. Like when the, the college – are recruiting players. Mm-hmm. But then let's say, let's take, uh, what, uh, like if you go to just some random school, is that how it works or do they just, uh, like Traylon Burks, nobody knew who he was down in Warren. Somebody yeah, they did. Well, they knew who he was. Yeah, they, they uh, promise you was. they knew who Traylon Burks was. In, in, rec- in recruiting, John, what's up, somebody? They, they, they find them. Uh, if you're good, they find you. Yeah, LSU, yeah. Clemson, a lot of schools found Traylon Burks. Camps I'm also help. But like you take you just like when you see these big games, like we take all these big games around Arkansas, high school football games, because they just send them recruits and see if they get lucky. I'm not 100 percent what you're sure what you're asking me. I'm just trying to figure out if the colleges will send a recruit to a random football game just to see if there's somebody that if it's a How would like a college send a recruit to a football two. game. No, no, they coaches coaches scout high school games and they look at a lot of video, but um, and and they bring recruits into their football games, if that's what you're saying. But it, it's a complicated process. But believe me. If you're any good, they know they know who you are. Uh, that's what I was wondering if they were sending scouts or whoever to a high school football game going to see if they got lucky and maybe there's a player nobody knows about. <laughs> no, they, they don't go no. to games where they don't think there's a prospect, no. All right, that's all I want. Okay, thanks for calling, yeah, That's a lot more. Is that what he was asking, if they just randomly go to games? <laughs> like, I wonder <laughs> if there's somebody here. No, they don't do that. No, no one would do they, that. They, uh, they don't. Coach, I heard you mentioned. Did you mention camps? Yeah, yeah, camps are so, so vital. What's now. crazy? What's crazy though is Traylon Burks never went to a single camp. Can you believe that? Never went to a. The first time he ever participated in any of that combine stuff or camp type, type stuff was at the NFL Combine. Hmm. Isn't that wild? Yep. yep. Well, but they but they knew who he was. And they found him. Oh, yeah. They found <laughs> he him. He didn't go to the camps. <laughs> he wasn't a five-star, but uh, the Razorbacks found him, and other schools were recruiting him too. So, yep. yeah, if you've got talent. he would have. Had he gone to camps, he 
probably would have been a five-star. Yeah, that's, that's what it, yeah. Um, but he still was a number 104-ranked player in the country, and it was just based on, you know, input from people who had seen him, you know, in Arkansas, obviously, and, um, you know, his, his video, which his video wasn't very good either because it was like 25 minutes long. It was every single play that he had. You know, coaches want to see, a, you know, introduction. They want to see a pretty quick, you know, introduction to a player. Um, but the fact that Traylon Burks was the 104-ranked player in the country coming out of high school and didn't go to any camps and didn't have, like, a nice, tight highlight video says a lot about Traylon Burks. Yeah, and, you know, the Warren tradition is strong, too. Yeah. Yep, it is. Right. It is. Okay, let's go to another caller for Trey. It is Doug in North Little Rock. Hi, Doug. Thanks for calling. Hey, guys. Hey, I just had a question. You know, when I look at uh, our defense, you know, I'm really not worried about our offense. You know, we've got some good stuff going on there. I'm worried about our corners. I'm yeah. worried, you know, and, and the coach, when Coach Pittman started talking about him, uh, he was kind of wavering, like, because I don't think we have enough speed to stay with a lot of these high-powered receivers that we're going to see. You know, like Alabama, they just run right past. So what do you guys think about that? You know, and how we were going, really trying to recruit some real fast corners. Now I just hang up and listen. Okay, thanks for calling. There's going to be a lot of teams that have trouble keeping up with Alabama receivers and and have. Obviously, they've had had some pretty good ones. Uh, You know, Ladarius Bishop has started almost every game for Arkansas last year. Uh, Hudson Clark started a couple. He started most games for him in 2020 also. Um, And then Dwight McLaughlin, you know, is a former four-star prospect who started six games for LSU last year. So they've got some guys with experience. Uh, They are going to get – burnt though they're going to get beaten and uh, the, the first time it happens to Hudson Clark I don't want to be on the radio show because <laughs> that's all we're going to hear is about how Hudson Clark was beaten when yeah. the fact of the matter is um, they all get beaten Monteric Brown was drafted what in the fifth round was it fifth round yeah. um, I can remember him giving up a huge touchdown where he wasn't even near the guy in the Ole Miss game you know that's what the Ole Miss game that they went ahead at the end of the game uh, on that play. You know it happens to cornerbacks; they are going to get beaten. Um, but uh, you know that's just kind of the nature of the game. But you have to continue to recruit, obviously, and try to win. And I, I think that they're going to be okay there. I, it's still, you know, some unknowns, but I think that they're going to be okay. Everybody was kind of freaking out because Dwight McLaughlin was third team after transferring from LSU. You know, the last couple of weeks, coming off an injury, the last I saw of him, he was running with the first team, you know, when we were walking out and they were lining up in team. So I have kind of wondered that. I was going to ask Pittman that today, but somebody beat me to that question. Uh, But I was going to ask him, you know, do you feel like you have, you know, questions at corner? Either you're really deep at cornerback or, you know, you've got uh, uh, some real question marks because it doesn't sound like anybody has really separated themselves you know, among those four top guys that they're looking at. Well, uh, to your point, Traylon Burks beat some pretty fast Alabama defensive backs oh, last yeah. year, too. Yes, did. And those guys are probably all projected to be in the NFL. So yeah, probably it, all it, five it stars. Happen. Well, a lot of, a lot of it uh, does depend on how much pressure you can get on the quarterback. Yep. Trey, I don't know if you um, – did you find it interesting that in the depth chart that Arkansas released, they released it with four down linemen? Do you, do you expect Arkansas to play a four-man front frequently or go with, more with a 3-3-5? I think we'll see some 3-3-5 in this game. Um, I think we'll also see some four-man front in it and and uh, some 3-2-6. I think 
that is one of the things that Pittman has kind of said pretty consistently in all of his interviews, uh, that they're going to be able to be more multiple than they have been last year. So I would expect to see several different looks for them on defense. Versus, You know, the year one was almost all 3-2-6. They get down at the goal line, and it'd be a 3-2-6, you know. Um, last year they were a little bit, you know, more 4-2-5, 3-2-6, still mostly 3-2-6. But this year I think you're going to see, you know, all three of those. And really the 3-3-5 I think is more put in because they have Drew Sanders and they want to get his – you know, they want to get him down closer to the line of scrimmage because um, he is a pass rusher. You know, Alabama runs that 3-4 base defense. They're, they're based out of a 3-4. Mm-hmm. And Sanders was an edge guy, you know, outside linebacker in that defense. And so, um, you know, they want to be able to utilize that skill set also. So that's I think that's why you're seeing um, more 3-3-5 from them this year. And, um, you know, that's the last couple of practices, that's what I've seen them start out in, you know. So maybe maybe that's – what they plan to use a lot. So what you're suggesting is if Arkansas gets pressure on the quarterback, it may not come from the three down linemen unless, you know, one of them is fortunate enough to beat a double team block or something. It could, that could be the case. Definitely. I mean, you're just not going to get a whole lot of pressure on the quarterback running a three, two, six. I mean, you don't really have a true edge guy out there. It's one reason Arkansas was second to last only ahead of Vanderbilt in sacks last season. You know, because of, the, of the, the way they run their defense. They were also, you know, pretty good overall as a defense. They just didn't get a lot of sacks. So, yeah, that's, you know, if they were going to get pressure from a defensive end right now, you know, we've seen Zach Williams get to the quarterback too. I mean, yeah. he stripped the Texas quarterback last year. You remember that? We all thought it was a forward pass until we watched the replay. But that was Zach Williams who made that play. Uh, Zashad Stewart is probably the guy they feel you know, best about in terms of, of being able to get to the quarterback because of his quickness and relentless motor. I just remember the play he made last year where he basically, who was it? He just picked up and threw backwards. It was a running back. He just picked him up, threw him backwards when he was coming through the hole. You remember that play? Zach Williams? Yeah. It, it, no, no, no. Uh, Stewart. Just shot Stewart. Shot, yeah, he took the guy, threw him down, and he, he fumbled, but they didn't call That was the Auburn game. Yeah, and it should have been a fumble, and Arkansas should have had it. But, I mean, he just picked yeah. him up. He's The running back's coming full speed. Stewart just stood him up, threw him down. It was yeah. uh, it looked like pro wrestling or something. I think that was a fumble, but did, did they rule it a fumble? No, they didn't rule it yeah. a fumble. Because and it was, it because it was Auburn. <laughs> People wonder why I picked Auburn, even though they, you know, I don't have any confidence in T.J. Finley and their quarterback or anything. And, that, you know, it just seemed like a mess over there. But. I can remember 2015, first game over there, mysteriously, all of Arkansas's coaches in the booth at halftime got stuck in the elevator the entire halftime and weren't able to go down and help with adjustments. Uh, I can remember the, the 2010 game, you know, where Tremaine Thomas strips the ball right at the goal line. <laughs> Clearly doesn't pass the goal line, but they still give him a touchdown, you know. Just seems like a lot of stuff kind of happens when they play Auburn for some oh, reason. Oh, the, the fumble snap before. I'm not even going to get into I'm not yeah. even going to get into 2020. Yeah, that, that's the one where they fumbled the snap. and. I don't know. I don't know ball. what you're talking about. Yeah, right. I blocked that out. <laughs> Way to block that out. That game well, didn't happen. We're a long way from the <laughs> Auburn game, so that's okay. All right, so I asked Quinn Grovey, did I ask you this yesterday? I think I asked uh, asked it on the air. If Arkansas wins the toss, do they take the ball or defer? Yeah, we talked about that. Um, yeah. Hey, Quinn says I, take the ball. He says this is an offensive team. Take the ball. Quinn's score. a quarterback. 
Well, yeah, he is. That's right. He's a quarterback. You can't you can't ask a quarterback <laughs> if he doesn't want to take the ball. Of course, he wants the ball. I say defer. The, uh, even even in a season opener, even when yeah. people are excited and you think your offense is really good, you you still think so. The game is won in the second half. I want the ball. Then I want I don't want to be I don't want to be sitting there. You know, it, the the second quarter's coming to a close and thinking about, hmm, man, if we don't if we don't score here late, you know, then they. They're going to have the last possession of the first half, and they're going to have the first possession of the second half. You know, I don't want to be thinking about that. I want to think okay. about my potential to possibly capitalize because I get the ball first coming out of the second half. That's where okay. the game is won. All right, so if either you defer or they choose the ball, will Cam Little kick it out of the end zone? Or whoever yes. kicks off? I mean, Cam Little will open, either kick it out of the end zone. Is the going out of the end zone? Out of the, out of the well, end zone I mean, or into the not, end zone? Or it's not going to be returned. Not going to get a well, return yeah. on it. Well, yeah, you you it would have to be a bad kick to uh, for anybody to return a kick. That's these the thing. Days. If you defer or they take the ball, you, they can you that, can fair catch it inside the twenty. You know. Well, I know, but you got to kick it out. <laughs> of the end, so. All right, we'll discuss that further with Trey Biddy tomorrow. Thanks for your time yep. this time. And oh, bye guys. We, we take thank care, you, Trey. Trey. We'll be back with more drive time sports. Bart Reed will join us right after this.